Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today it is a throwback Thursday. This is going to be a new segment that we do every Thursday, or at least I'm going to try and get it done every single Thursday, where we look back at a moment in time of sports. It can be an event. It can be a game. It could be a retrospective on somebody's career. We will kind of tinker with the idea a little bit. We'll see where it goes. But today, I wanted to throw it back to 2020, specifically November 2020, because that is when the 2020 NBA draft occurred. And I thought it would be fun to just kind of look back at the draft, the stories of the draft, um, who was taken, some sleepers, some steals of the draft, some busts. What were the stories? What were we thinking about the players that are being drafted? in the moment because here are some of the stars of the draft. We have Anthony Edwards, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton. That's a little mellow ball draft too. And then recently too, we've had Desmond Bain, who maybe isn't having the best 2023, but he's had good seasons the past. He got paid last off season with that rookie max extension. Tyrese Maxey, who was kind of the breakout star of the 2023 season, looking to be most improved player potentially. Uh, was also a steal of that draft. There's a lot of big names in this draft. There's a lot of questionable head-scratching picks as we look back on it. And I just wanted to talk about it. And um, I think the best way to talk about it is if we look at this um, athletic article that I found. Because I wanted to just go back and look at how people were thinking in the moment at the time of the draft. How we were looking at this draft because this was a weird draft. It was the COVID draft where it was all done online. The season got delayed. The finals were played in October. So it wasn't the typical scouting process of combine of, you know, the college season got ended shortly too. So we didn't see some of these, you know, big college stars in the tournament, such as like an Obi Toppin. Um, So it was Probably the most unconventional draft of all time. As we said, it took, got taken place in November. And I think because of that, that's why maybe we look at, back at the draft and it's kind of weird. I just want to read a little bit of this article here because I think if we look back on this draft now, as we know, Anthony Edwards was the number one pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But at the time, it wasn't necessarily like a signed, sealed, delivered. Like everyone had him mocked at number one. But most of the draft experts weren't saying like, hey, Anthony Edwards is like the surefire number one pick and he's going to be the best player from this draft. But everyone still mocked him at one. And uh, let's just read a little bit of this article here. Indeed, this is not a draft where there is a no-brainer consensus number one overall pick. Each team has different goals it will find to fill at number one. And there obviously will be a cascading butterfly effect on the rest of the board depending on what team does at number one. Another reason is there's very little certainty. Teams around the league have not been able to trade until Monday following a trade moratorium. The NBA has something of an itchy trigger finger right now in regards to exploring all avenues to make the rosters better. Um, it goes on to say here, just kind of to stick in this moment of time, James Harden was still on the Rockets at this point. Chris Paul had just gotten traded to the um, the Suns, and Drew Holiday just got traded to the, the Bucks. We'll move down here. Oh, and on top of that, this class has a very flat curve from a talent perspective. As explained in my 2020 draft guide, I'm not sure who the, uh, who's the author of this. Sam Vecini. I like Sam Vecini. I don't need to throw him under the bus here, but this is just kind of a good encapsulation, not necessarily how he fe just felt, but like everyone else was kind of like there was, everyone's board was kind of like, 
you know, the, the kind of the idea of this draft was, hey, there isn't any like top, like he says it right here, there are no tier one guys. He has three tier two guys. And that's kind of how the draft got broken up because you look at every single um, draft that happened this year, or every, excuse me, every single mock that happened this year, there was a pretty clear number three. It was Edwards, Wiseman, and LaMelo. Those were like the three. And then everything below that was pretty much like kind of up in the air with preferences, um, who thought would be good fits in different places. Um, so it was kind of like all over the place, but we'll just kind of finish our talk with that article there too. It was also kind of interesting too, because this is the year that I did a, uh, NBA draft diary, which, um, basically I watched the draft and just took a bunch of different notes. There's, um, kind of some weird, just kind of anecdotes that I will bring up here in a minute as we kind of go through the draft order here and kind of how the draft took place. But I'm really glad I did this because it was kind of like a time capsule of, you know, just how we were thinking in the moment where even though Anthony Edwards, these first three years in the NBA, especially the last like two and a half have, he's like really kind of showed how impressive of a player he is. And he's went from a guy that got drafted number one, just kind of by default to this guy that is a top 10 player in the NBA, a guy that if when we make the list of like, who do you want to build your team around? He's in that top five or top 10 discussion now. And that's not really thought in the moment. There was a lot of concerns with him. I, I wrote this down in the draft guide and uh, I just kind of want to go through the draft order here too here real fast uh this is a page that i have off of basketball reference it has the draft order here kind of has like a lot of the, their you know career statistics but i just kind of wanted to go through that and we'll just kind of use this as our guide as we go through the draft so anthony edwards i wrote this down in the draft diary as we know if you followed the anthony edwards story enough there was um this belief with him that like how much does he want it does he really love basketball he had this like quote where he was like, I really wanted to play football, but I realized I was better at basketball, realized basketball was a better career path. So I went there. So it was kind of this thing where it was like, Ugh, like, Ugh, I don't like that quote. I don't like that quote with my number one pick in the draft, a guy that's supposed to be the face of my franchise. And then he also had this other quote that I wrote down. Uh, it said he doesn't like watching basketball, um, but don't worry. And again, this is actually a good quote in Stephen A. Smith's favor. He went on SportsCenter and said, that he liked him because Dwayne Wade said that he liked him. So he, Stephen A. Smith gave him a thumbs up. Uh, another thing that was concerned about Anthony Edwards, he played at Georgia, and Georgia was really bad that year. They were one of the worst teams in the SEC, did not make the NCAA tournament or would not have made the NCAA tournament uh, if we had one. So that was a pretty big concern there. But he ends up going number one overall. And then number two is where things got interesting because you have the Golden State Warriors here where you have, uh, they're coming off of like the, um, so they had the Kevin Durant Achilles injury finals and Clay Thompson tore his ACL that year. And then that next year, so Clay misses the entire season. KD is gone. They do a sign and trade with KD for D'Angelo Russell. So it's this weird, you know, experiment with the Warriors and uh, Curry. And then Curry ends up breaking his, wrist early and the Warriors kind of like, eh, we're just going to make this six week injury like a six month injury. So Curry really doesn't play that much this year. The Golden State ends up getting the number two pick in the draft. And there's a lot of curiosity with this pick because it's like, do you go with James Wiseman, who I uh, read in my reread in my draft diary that uh, 
people were comparing saying like hey this guy could be like a taller chris bosh which if you kind of think about that with the warriors the way that they're built if you have a taller chris bosh or just a chris bosh in 2020s basketball that's a pretty good fit but as we know that was kind of a bust of a pick so that's what happened there um that's basically the big fact i had about wiseman there and then we have lamello at number three seems like it's a pretty good pick for charlotte there i wrote down that it was kind of weird that the hornets took him because as we know mj was the owner of the hornets and barball lamello's dad had said, hey, I want to play Michael Jordan one-on-one, and I think I can beat him one-on-one, and not even say I think I can beat him. He said, I will beat him one-on-one. As far as I know, that game was never played, and three years later, MJ sells the team. So that's what we have there. And kind of as this draft is going on and going on, I followed a lot of the draft coverage this year. And when you look at like how the draft boards were, it was basically those top three, like I mentioned, Edwards, Wiseman, LaMelo. Then after that, it was kind of a toss-up with Chicago here. A lot of people had Patrick Williams here, who was the guy that ended up getting drafted. Um, Tyrese Halliburton was like top six in every single mock draft that I had. And if you look at, if you're kind of ranking the players, and I will do that right here, uh, of just this draft, if you go win shares from this draft, Halliburton is far and ahead of everybody else in, the, in this draft. If you go victories over replacement, Halliburton is far ahead of everyone in this draft. Now, I don't think Halliburton is the best player out of this draft. I really don't. But the kind of the story that developed to this draft after that third pick, it was kind of like, all right, when's Halliburton going to get picked? Because kind of knew he was special, knew he was this player that, you know, was past first player, could shoot the rock a little bit. Um, you know, it was kind of like this bigger point guard. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, long, athletic. Like, where is this guy going to go? So Chicago picks Patrick Williams. Mm, don't know if I like that pick. Um, here's my note I had on Patrick Williams. There was this weird interview that happened during the draft where Patrick Williams was interviewed by a holographic Diana Taurasi. And basically at the end of the interview, Patrick Williams just looked very confused, which matched the expression of everyone watching that because we don't know what the purpose of that was or why it happened. It was just really, really weird when it happened. Um, Then we have the next pick, number five. It's like, all right, Cleveland, they just drafted Darius Garland. Do they need a point guard? Do they need Tyrese Halliburton? They go with Isaac Okoro. A lot of people had Denny Avia here. That was another thing. Looking back at this draft, Denny Avia, people were really, really high on him. They were saying, hey, he's the most NBA-ready player out of this, all of these guys in the lottery. He should come in, be a plug-and-play guy, be a guy that can really stretch the floor, big body, um, kind of that wing position that everyone's looking for. So kind of an interesting thing that Okoro got drafted there. Then when Okoro gets drafted, Bruce Pearl, his college head coach, because he went to Auburn, comes on the screen and basically says, characters count. And it looks like he is like being interviewed from the side of like, like he pulled over on the highway or something and just started doing an interview. It was kind of weird. Um, but that happened there. Then Atlanta. Uh, this is a comparison I read about uh, Tyrese Halliburton in one mock draft. They said he was like a rich man's DeJounte Murray. 
So a lot of people were really pulling Halliburton here at six and be like, hey, he'd be a perfect player to play next to Trey Young, doesn't need the ball, uh, but is still skilled enough when Trey Young is on the bench to run the offense. And it's kind of weird that they ended up training for Deontay Murray. DeJounte Murray. Sorry if I mispronounced that like seven times. Because Halliburton would have been the right pick there. And this is where we really start getting in the draft here, where it's like you start pressing the panic button. It's like, when the hell is Halliburton getting taken? Because again, I I was of the opinion, I always I think if you at least this is how I am with my school. Players from my school, I always kind of like undersell how good I think they can be at the next level. So I wasn't like, oh, Tyrese Halliburton's gonna get drafted and he's gonna be like a 10-time all-star. I was like, I think he could be like you know, a three or four best player on a championship team, a guy that will fit in a lot of different situations. Like I knew he'd fit in the NBA and I knew he'd be well. I did not think he was going to be a bust. Did not think he'd turn out and to be this guy that's going to probably make an all NBA team this year. Did not see that coming. But we get to this point of the draft. As we know, Atlanta takes Anyeko Kongu, which in retrospect is kind of a weird pick. He's a good player. But how Atlanta was built the last few years, he kept coming off the bench. He's starting to get a little bit of a bigger role this season. Um, really good player. A guy that, uh, a similar type of player to Bam Adebayo, if you haven't watched Onyeko Okongwu on the Hawks yet. Um, hopefully he can develop and kind of become a player that really reaches full potential. He signed an extension with the Hawks recently, I believe. So shout out, uh, shout out Atlanta. Then this is where the draft really kind of like goes crazy. Killian Hayes taken at number seven. Killian Hayes is starting or started a decent amount of games on the Pistons this year. And basically it's an internet joke of like, why the hell is he starting? He is terrible offensively. I guess they're starting him for his defense, but he's not even close to the offensive player that people really thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. So that was kind of a head scratching pick there too. And again, if you're going to take a guard, because again, at this point too, with Detroit, no K to Huntingham because uh, Cade gets drafted next year. Ivy gets drafted the next year, and then Thompson gets drafted the next year. So those are three guard-type players they drafted, or I guess four in a row that they drafted. So kind of a questionable pick here by the Pistons. Not sure why. Like, you know, I guess I guess you took a swing there. You're at seven. It's not like you're at two and did it, but still. Then we have the Knicks here with Obi Toppin. Knicks miss again in the lottery. What a surprise. Even though Obi Toppin, I like his game. A lot of comparisons to Amari Stoudemire. Um, still, they missed this pick. He didn't play that much when he was a Nick. Now he's on the Pacers. Um, big miss there. Then we have Denny Advia here, drafted Washington. Everyone's saying Washington's really smart for this pick. He'll fit right in well next to Bradley Beal. And the Wizards are off. Uh, here's the best note that I had about Denny Advia. And apparently they said this live on like the NBA draft coverage. And basically the this was the tidbit that they said. Denny Advia learned English playing Call of Duty. Cool. Thought that was a weird notable tidbit. Thought I would bring it up here for this discussion. Um, then we have Jalen Smith at 10. This is the one if you're a Phoenix Suns fan right now. You were just banging your head against the wall. You're going into your uh, kitchen cabinets, you're pulling out your cheese grater, and you're just rubbing it all over your face because Jalen Smith is a guy that they could have taken at like 28, and they drafted him number 10. And you know who would have been a perfect pick at number 10 for Phoenix? Tyrese Halliburton. 
because you could have him coming off the bench behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Chris Paul, you know, is in the twilight of his career. He doesn't have many years left. I think he's probably going to retire after this 2023-2024 season. That's my guess. I could be wrong. But he's basically done three years later. And if you're really thinking ahead, we draft uh, Halliburton, have him kind of be this six-man kind of guy behind Booker and uh, Paul. And even if you want to play small, Halliburton could play in like a small ball kind of lineup next to them. You could play all three of them at the same time. And then when Chris Paul is ready to go into, you know, his retirement, you have Tyrese Halliburton right there as a replacement. Him and Devin Booker would be a really good pairing. So very puzzling pick there. And honestly, too, looking back at this draft, if the Suns do that and they get Halliburton, do they win the title? Because that Bucks series was very, very close. And Chris Paul kind of got banged up a little bit in that series. Um, the third guard on that team was Cameron Payne, who I think some people are really hard on him. But I, the word I'd say with him is kind of he's inconsistent. And sometimes in the biggest moments, he does is unplayable or doesn't perform well. It would be really interesting to see if they have Tyrese Halliburton. Does Phoenix win a, does Phoenix win a title? That's a very interesting thought process here. Um, then the Spurs at number 11 picked Devin Vassell. Good pick in retrospect. Good pick. He got paid. Recently, he's now paired with Victor Wenbenyama. Again, too, if you're the Spurs, though, Tyrese Halliburton with Victor Wenbenyama. Think about that, guys. That could have been something. That could have been something special there. Um, and then finally, at 12, the Kings are like, we really don't need a guard, but I, I guess we'll take Tyrese Halliburton. That was basically their thought on Like, we, we don't need this player, but we'll just take him, I guess. Like we have Buddy Hill, we have Fox, we'll just take him. And then we know Halliburton plays there a few years, is eventually traded for DeMontis Sabonis, and the Kings make one playoffs, might make the playoffs again this year, but still one of those trades that we might look back on and be like, ugh, Kings, you did it again. You shot yourselves in the foot. Uh, just kind of other notes from the draft, too. Another thing that was kind of important when you're talking about how this draft went. Another thing I read in my uh, draft diary was that before the draft, we found out that Clay Thompson, I should have said this when the, with the Wiseman pick, that Clay Thompson tore his Achilles and was going to miss another season. So that's pretty bad. That's pretty tough to see there with uh, Clay Thompson going out. That could have been another reason to draft a guard. You know, like they, like the Warriors, it wouldn't, I know Halliburton went 12 in this draft, guys. It would not have been crazy if he went to. In the moment, it would not have been crazy if he went to. So, just really, really, there's a lot of different things here. Could have, really could have swung a lot of different franchises here with that Halliburton pick. Again, the Knicks, Detroit, Washington, basically everyone, let's say Atlanta down, if they draft Halliburton, how different is their franchise right now? Like Halliburton could play next to Jalen Brunson. He could be the star in Washington right now. Like I said, he could have won Phoenix a title. Um, the Spurs, that would have been an interesting pairing. Just going through the rest of this draft here, a few other notable players that got drafted. After Halliburton, Kyra Lyris, haven't really seen much from him. Neesmith, eh. Um, Cole Anthony's been like a solid bench player for the Magic. 
uh, Isaiah Stewart, Poku, Sadiq Bay at 19, Precious Achua, who's been a good player for the Raptors here, uh, at 20. And then 21, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey taken at 21. That's probably the steal of the draft. If you don't have Halliburton, is that? Now, again, it's weird to go back three years later and say Maxey over Halliburton. But that's more because like Halliburton was, um, he's been traded already. So probably still the draft is Maxey there at 21 because he's going to be an all-star this year. He's the second best player on the Sixers right now. And he's probably going to win most improved player. So uh, here's a tidbit I had about Tyrese Maxey. This was said on the broadcast. Tyrese Maxey started watching film in second grade. Okay. Wow. Kid loves ball. So shout out Tyrese Maxey. Uh, if he's going to keep playing like he is with how good of a player he looks, everyone should start watching film in the second grade. So um, let's see. Do I have any other notes here? Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, look at some of the stuff at the end of this draft here, too. Because we have Maxi that goes uh, 21. Then Zeke Naji, who for Denver is starting to get a little bit of playing time. Shout out him. Emmanuel Clickley, sixth man of the year at 25, ends up getting traded to the Knicks, as we know. Peyton Pritchard, sixth man right now for Boston, 26. Jaden McDaniels, who is probably going to make an all-defensive team this year for Minnesota, drafted at 28. 28 for Jaden McDaniels. Then we have Desmond Bain, drafted at 30, drafted by Boston, traded to Memphis. Very good pick there. And then really not much going on here in the second round. Um, I mean, Trey Jones plays right now for the Spurs. Um, Isaiah Joe, I like him. I watched him play in person. He just like looked like he made every shot he took. Uh, KJ Martin, as we know, is playing a little bit. Um, Paul Reed, Sixers. Sixers fan favorite, Paul Reed, drafted here at the end of the second round. Shout out, Paul Reed. So that's basically kind of a recap of the 2020 NBA draft. A lot of things have happened since then. If you're going to redraft it, I don't know the order that you'd go in. Obviously, you have Edwards one. But then that two spot there, you could have like some debate. You could have some debate at the two spot. Do you go Halliburton? That's probably what you do. But some people might say Lamelo. I wouldn't. I'd probably have Lamelo like four, and then number three is probably Maxi at this point. Like he's just proven to be a winning player. Um, seems like no one can guard him in the NBA. He seems to have his head on straight. Good leader. Um, I've listened to a few Doc Rivers interviews since he left Philly, and it's amazing to hear him talk about James Harden and his personality, and Tyrese Maxi and his. So I guess that's it. Throwback Thursday, uh, talking about the 2020 NBA draft. I don't know how this went. Maybe this was really boring. Maybe this was kind of stupid, but oh no, I kind of liked it. I had fun kind of revisiting all of this stuff. So um, I guess that's going to do it for the podcast today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I will be back on Friday with some $100 bets. So stay tuned for that. And as always, guys, rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Instagram, JWS Detective. Follow me on uh, X at JD Major 2. And as always, guys, I will see you next time.